0: We're heading into college basketball conference play, and as always, freshmen are making a major impact in the sport. So it's time for Leaf Tuline and I to have a freshman draft.
1: You are locked on college basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea, joined today by our guy, Leaf Tulane. So good to be together. We want to thank you, everydayers, for making Locked On College Basketball your first listener watch to get your best college basketball content every day. If you're new to the show or aren't part of it yet, come join the Locked On College Basketball Discord where we're chatting college basketball all day long. The link for that is in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, by the way, our show is up for Best Basketball Podcast on the Sports Podcast Awards. It would mean so much if you would go vote for us on that. It's us and a whole bunch of NBA shows, so we're holding it down for the college basketball junkies out there in the world. All right, so I mentioned it in the cold open, but what Leaf and I are going to do today is have a college basketball freshman draft. Later on in the show, we're going to get you ready for a couple games uh, for tonight, including a critical, critical Pac-12 matchup as Colorado travels to Arizona but basically, what we're going to do with this freshman draft is we're just going to, we're not going to snake it. We're just going to go back and forth and we're each going to draft five players. So we have a starting lineup and then we'll come back because obviously there's more than 10 players and have a couple honorable mentions as well. So we'll pick a player, talk a little bit about why we chose them and then move on from there. Now, the thing is, this year's freshman class, and, and Leaf, you've talked a lot about this, it's not as loaded like we don't expect to see as many high-end freshmen drafted this year uh, in the actual NBA draft as we often do but still a lot of freshmen making an impact yeah Leaf what are you seeing with that and then we'll get into actually drafting well
1: I think even coming into this year's draft like before the college season started but you know transitioning focus from the prior year draft to up and coming as a draft guy you knew you knew what the top end talent was and last year Uh, The best player was Brandon Miller of of the freshman, and it was clear from day one. But it wasn't necessarily clear to all. He was my personal favorite entering the year, uh, but he was ranked 14th by uh, recruiting services. And so there was Nick Smith. There were Anthony Black, some other players that you you knew were on high-profile teams that had aspirations to go deep in the tournament, but they had aspirations to be first-round picks, and those two aligned to being good teams. Uh, This year, I think there are teams – uh, that have freshmen that are useful to winning. And that is, that's sometimes rare. Sometimes it's freshmen are do, out for their own stats and they don't win. And sometimes they propel winning if they're that good, namely like Anthony Davis when yep. they won a championship. So, But I think this year it's in between. I think there's, there's teams that are being helped by having freshmen that are able to play a role but excel in their role, but there aren't those stars that can propel a team to a championship on their own back that we've seen before. Like Brandon Miller, they didn't win, but he could have.
0: I love that. Okay. Leaf, thanks for just giving us that setup. So people kind of get the lay of the land a little bit if they haven't been paying attention uh, to to the NBA side of things. So Leaf, all that said, my friend, you get the first pick in this thing. Do not take mine or I will be very mad at you and we'll never talk again. (laughs) Who are you going with in the first choice of our freshman
1: draft? I think I probably will because I think I'm taking the best freshman. I'm, I'm taking Jacoby Walter of Baylor. He is he is scoring the ball well. He's starting to play better defense. Uh, yesterday, just a little fun fact. I like I like wagering a little bit on college basketball, <laughs> and I bet on him to have three threes, and he had none until like ten seconds left in the first half, and then he hit a three going into halftime, and then two straight threes coming out of halftime. So he can get blistering hot, and he he's got this ability to score on a team that's good. I don't think Baylor's great but I I think they should go through him more. I think uh, Ray J Dennis and Nunn hold the ball too often, and he's not even able to show all of what he can do, but I think he's the most skilled freshman among the best shooters in this draft class, and he's got an athletic isolation game that's yet to be fully
0: uh, untapped. I love it. Yeah, Jacoby Walter would be a nice choice to start your team with and is where I would have gone as well. Leaf, I'm going to go with the Kentucky player. That's not a surprise, but the surprise is which Kentucky player it is that I'm going to take for my first pick. It is not Rob Dillingham. It is not DJ Wagner. It is not Justin Edwards. It is not Aaron Bradshaw. It is the fifth most heralded player on the Kentucky uh, freshman class coming in on what was a loaded Kentucky freshman class. And that is Mr. Reed Shepard. Who's going to start my team. Look, couple months ago two two months ago to the day I would not have picked Reed Shepard anywhere near this he would have maybe made our honorable mentions but here he is averaging 12 and a half points 4.7 boards assists, shooting 57.8% from the field, 56% from three on 4.2 attempts, 90% from the free throw line, and oh, by the way, just shy of three steals a game. So Leaf, this legacy player at Kentucky is doing a little bit of everything. He's rocketing up draft boards and quite frankly is helping Coach Cal navigate uh, a uh, a young team that also has, you know, the likes of Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves, but good grief, he plays with maturity, he plays with wisdom and IQ, and I think is going to help Kentucky be a better team that goes deeper than we might have originally imagined. What about you? Yeah, I, I wondered if you were going to take Shepard
1: or Dillingham. Yep. Uh, and I, I'm actually going to take Dillingham. Uh, yeah. I think he came in with the kind of label, Always oh, a streaky score. He's, when he's hot, he's great. When he's not, he's not. Yeah. Um, he, he's really good. He he comes in and stirs the drink for Kentucky, in my opinion. He pushes the pace, and they play their best when he's in. He's scoring 14 a game, shooting 45% from three, f- uh, nearly five assists, nearly four boards, gets a couple steals per game. And when I watch him play, I, I think he just pushes the pace and makes them unique, whereas uh, there's a lot of players that are good, and even like a guy like on his own team like DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner came in more heralded. And he is a good scorer, gets to places on the floor. But no one has the speed and dynamic ability to <laughs> create and change the game like Dillingham. And I, I, I think he's got to be my second pick. There's another guy that I'm hoping you don't pick next that I, I may pick. But but he, uh, I didn't want to leave Dillingham on the board because he's he changes the game more than many of these freshmen. And he's on a team. That I think has the capacity to make, make a final four, and I did not feel that way entering the season.
0: That's right. Uh yeah, it's definitely good to get Rob Dillingham because he was going off the board next to me if you didn't take him. So uh congrats to you. I'm gonna go maybe a little off the beaten path for my next choice and go with Carlton Carrington. Now, from that's Pitt. who I was trying Is to it? get. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this dude. Like kicks off his college basketball career with a triple double leaf. Like, who does stuff like that? This dude, I had the chance. To watch him play a couple times recently, saw him against um, Syracuse over the weekend and then against North Carolina on Tuesday night. He is a big guard, like 6'5, how much, 6'5" 190. Um, just does a lot of stuff. Let me give you his stats just so you can uh, hear what kind of stuff he's doing 14 and a half points, shooting uh, 31% from three, which is not awesome on 6.4 attempts per game. But He's getting five rebounds a game, five assists a game, just over half a steal a game, shooting 42.1% from three. Speaking of people that are rocketing up draft boards, you know, you look at Pitt and you're like, okay, it's Blake Henson. Sure, maybe, but he is so streaky. Whereas Carrington is this dude that is going, you're going to know his name if you're an NBA fan next year. And he's part of what helps make Pitt probably a mid to upper tier ACC team this year.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to take him. I think he's the the stat sheet stuffer of these freshmen. Like every game, like obviously he started off with triple doubles, but he he just finds a way to produce in every single game, whether it's scoring, whether it's facilitating, and he's got that plus size for a guard like you mentioned that I think is really dynamic in college basketball. All righty, with my third pick, I'm going to go with a, a guy I think will go in the lottery. It hasn't had quite the numbers that you sometimes would associate with this type of success, but I'm going to go with Cody Williams of Colorado. Cody Williams is a big wing with ball handling uh, capacity who defends, who gets to where he wants on the court. I think he, from the draft perspective, like uh, what I want him to do is get stronger. So he goes all the way to the rim rather than relying on kind of jump stops and floaters. But what he does is he gets there so nonchalantly, so easily. He figures out how to play the game, and he plays alongside a scoring guard in K.J. Simpson, and navigating okay. that's not exactly easy uh, for a freshman with uh, all this potential. But what he, all he's done has been very good. Unfortunately, he's dealing with a wrist injury. He'll be scoring 14 right. points, four rebounds, two assists, gets a steal, and he's shooting 60% from three right now and 62% from the field. So uh, unbelievably efficient and someone with a lot of potential.
0: Well, uh, hard to believe he's fallen this far, but it makes sense based on what their team has been doing. I'm going to go ahead and take Isaiah Collier off the board. It had to happen at some point. Leaf, i got to say, I've been a little bit unimpressed with him so far this year, but he is averaging 15 points a game, 2.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, shooting just shy of 50% from the field. Uh, Another one that's hovering at 31% from three on 2.9 attempts. Not shooting good at the free throw line, sixty-seven percent, but he is getting one point three steals per game. Look, I USC at some point is gonna get this thing figured out. I think you know, like part of it may just be because the Pac-12 isn't all that great either. That they'll they'll get some wins, but uh, I, I think as he gets further into his freshman season, we'll see more of it. And maybe this one is a pick based more on where I think he's going to go based on uh, what I've actually defined (laughs) as what we're doing of what they've actually done so far in non-con play. But Isaiah Collier, who I'm going with for my third pick. All right, Leaf and I have each made three picks. We got two more to make plus some honorable mentions. We're going to get to all of those in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. Hey, one of your New Year's resolutions should be to go check out all the best sporting events, theater, concerts, and more around you. And thankfully, there's an app called GameTime, the fast and easy way to help you get great last-minute tickets for all of that. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime has exactly what you need. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Thankfully, game time's got you covered. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download their app, create an account, and use code College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code College for $20 off. Terms apply. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Alright folks, Leaf Too Lean and I'm Isaac Shade here with you on a Thursday. We are having today a freshman draft where we're each taking five freshmen, essentially looking at who we think have been the top ten freshmen so far through non-conference play. We've each done three. Leaf has Jacoby Walter from Baylor, Rob Dillingham from Kentucky, Cody Williams from Colorado, I've got Reed Shepard from Kentucky, Carlton Carrington from Pitt, and Isaiah Collier from USC. That's a lot of guards leaf off the board so far. Who are you taking with your fourth pick?
1: I have a pick that I don't think you would take, but I want to get it just in case. I'm going to go with Kanan Carlisle from Stanford. He has played not very many games, but boy, has he impressed. That's right. He He's someone I've had my eye on for two years. For those who don't know, I'm a big Stanford fan. Uh, but the most heralded prospect became Peja Stoyakovich's son, Andre. And for a long while, this recruiting class, it was Carlisle. And then Carlisle was in the top 15, top 20, and somehow fell to the 40s um, in the recruiting class. And it confused me because he was known to be a good slasher with, a, with an encouraging shot. Well, he's played in two games, and one of which he scored 23 points on unbelievable efficiency against Arizona. And he looked like the best guard out there. So all these people talking about Boswell being the best point guard in the Pac-12, I don't know. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he got thoroughly beaten in this game. Obviously, Carlisle kind of a combo guard. Uh, I, I think that he's someone that if he shoots it well, could skyrocket up draft boards. And I hope for my bias as a Stanford fan can propel us into contention in the Pac-12. Because he, he can really score. Uh, he just kind of feels like he knows how to play the game. And he's got me excited about the team, which has been kind of hard to do for the past eight years, unfortunately, with that drought. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer pick. But I really do believe he can be one of the best freshmen in college basketball. Um, and not many people have seen him yet. Obviously, beating Arizona is something. But uh, just get your radars tuned to to watch Kane and Carlisle because I think he's going to become a household name soon.
0: I love it. Uh, Leaf, for my fourth pick, I'm going to take Jared McCain from Duke. Had kind of like, I don't know if I'd call it slow start, but didn't get really off and running in the way you thought he would. But the last five games, Leaf, my man has 21, 13, 21, 24, and 18 points. Really been stepping up for Duke, particularly as Tyrese Proctor um, has been out, although he's been back the last couple games um, in those games. He has made at least three threes in every one of them, never shooting below 42.9% from three in any one of those. For the season, he's shooting 46.9% from three. Uh, It's ridiculous stuff. He's averaging 12.2 points, getting 3.9 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 1.1 steals, and 90% from the free throw line. Look, if Duke is going to continue to rise, it's got to be more than Kyle Filipowski. It's got to be more and Proctor and um, Roach and Jared McCain is the guy that to me has been the most impressive of their freshmen. And so I'm going to take him with my fourth pick.
1: I I like that pick. That's who I was probably going to take, but, but I went with my, my guy. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with a guy whose numbers aren't off the chart with my fifth pick, but it has an impact um, that isn't, loud in the sense that he's got other players who can do similar things, but he is a freshman and he's performing admirably and probably beyond his expectations coming in as the 53rd ranked recruit. I'm going to take Eve Missy of Baylor. He's scoring 11 points a game, just over six boards a game on 68% from the field. He protects the rim at an impressive level, two blocks, a steal a game. And I had this conversation with you and Andy that uh, when I watched him play against Baylor, that about five minutes before he had that like sequence where he got a steal and a dunk. I who was it dad, again? Sorry? Eve Missy.
0: No, who was it? What game oh, was
1: it? Uh Baylor versus Auburn. Against
0: Auburn. You said against Baylor, and I was like, oh, uh oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: I was think I was thinking the opposite then. Uh but yeah, Baylor versus Auburn. I think I think that he had this sequence where he stole the ball and dunked it at the end of the game. And everyone was like, Oh, maybe this is a prospect. A couple minutes before that, he walled up an impressive drive and then rotated out and like dissuaded the shooting. I told my dad, I was like, this guy might play in the NBA. I've never heard of him. And then a couple minutes later, everyone was tweeting about, oh, this big guy for Baylor is going to be a one and done. And I was like, man, I missed my opportunity. But uh, I've, I've kept that in note. I've watched Baylor each time. And sometimes Walter like coasts through a game. Like, yes, he was my top pick. But I would say Missy is the more consistent freshman in terms of like what he does day in, day out, protects the rim, runs the floor, dunks the ball. And I think that's projectable to the NBA level. And and I know that's not exactly the exercise, but I think he he's a guy that is probably the bit, best big of all the freshmen. Obviously, Bradshaw's been injured, so it's hard to yeah. um, count him in this. But uh, that that would be my fifth pick. And I, I think there's a lot of good candidates that, have, that I've left out, but I had to
0: get him on on with the fifth pick. Totally. I love to see it. Um, yeah, with Bradshaw, I would imagine we would have been fighting over him had he been healthy all year and, uh, but he's not. And so we don't have him. Uh, I also, I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit with my fifth pick as well. Leaf, I'm going to take Malik Mack from Harvard. If we're talking about pure production in this thing, he has been the nation's leading scorer thus far, 20.1 points, four rebounds, 4.4 assists shooting 47.2% from three on 5.3 attempts a game, 82.5% from the free throw line. Unfortunately, hasn't played um, since December 8th. He's been injured, but another great story, a three-star guy, ranked 50th at 247, um, and just making Harvard a good team. So hopefully he's able to get back sooner rather than later so they can keep going. So Leaf, there's our teams. Let me run them back through lots and lots of guards on this thing, although you have two front court guys, but Jacoby Walter from Baylor for Leaf, along with Rob Dillingham of Kentucky, Cody Williams of Colorado, Kanan Carlisle of Stanford, and Eves Missy of Baylor. I've got Kentucky's Reed Shepard, Carlton Carrington from Pitt, Isaiah Collier, Collier excuse me, from USC, Jared McCain from Duke, and Malik Mack from Harvard. Leaf, it's hard to make a list like this because we only get 10 of them, and there's a bunch of dudes we left off. Let me just rattle off six or seven other names that I was looking at, and I'd love to hear if you have any others to add, perhaps like who out of my list you think um, has been the biggest hit, maybe who's been the biggest disappointment. Uh, here's those other names. Aiden Holloway from Auburn. Stefan Castle from UConn, another one that's that's you know spent some time injured and so hasn't been able to have as big as an impact. As we, Same thing with Aaron Bradshaw, as we said. DJ Wagner of Kentucky. Jackson Shellstad of Oregon, who's been playing really, like him. Really, well really well really lately. Good. Yeah. Uh, Miles Rice from Wazoo, who's technically a redshirt freshman, uh, but literally hadn't played before this year. Redshirted the like, 21-22 season, and now he's playing – uh, Josh Hubbard from Mississippi state. And then, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but kind of the confounding story of Justin Edwards and what he will do leaf anyone else to add to that or, or any of those that you want to point out and, and highlight.
1: Well, the only one to add, and I, we made allusion to him as well was DJ Wagner, yeah. um, of Kentucky. Um, and then maybe, I mean, you'd know better than me, but Elliot cadeau is is playing well on a good team. I don't think his numbers are eye popping, but like he stabilizes the Carolina okay. team that's very good offensively. Uh, one that stands out to me in the positive direction is Jackson Shelstead. Uh, I think he, I mean he idolized Peyton Pritchard went to the same high school as Peyton Pritchard. and I could see him having a career similar to Peyton Pritchard, and that's pretty and that's a pretty illustrious career right there. Uh, he's got some. He's got some confidence that you don't see from a young player too often. He drained like a thirty-five-foot buzzer beater earlier this year. He's <laughs> he's been he's been the guy at the end of games, and this is a team that like Dana Altman usually prioritizes his vets. Well, not this team. It's 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 Jackson Shellstad at the end of the games, and and I think Oregon has a claim to be the second best team in the conference. Um, I think I think there's a claim. I don't think they quite are. I was a bit lower entering the season because I didn't believe that much in Kwame Evans. I wasn't that high on Mookie Cook. I didn't know much about Jackson Shellstead. I knew exactly who he was, but I, I hadn't seen him play much. Well, I saw him play the second game of the year, and I was high on him. And then the, the one player – we talked about this at the outset, and we've mentioned this before – that came in with crazy expectations was Justin Edwards, yeah. but I don't think they were fair necessarily. I think it was because of the a down class. You wanted to play a a small forward, someone who fits the archetype of the NBA. They want him to be the the guy. And I never saw it. I just didn't think he was great with the ball in his hands. I didn't think he was a great shooter. But now if you were to temper those expectations and go back a few months and say, well, this guy's helping a team that has a chance to make the final four. Um, And what he's good at is being athletic. He slices to the rim. He defends. He rebounds. And he's got a a blooming shot. You know, that's how some person would phrase it if they saw it and he was ranked 20th. Um, Then he'd be a lottery pick instead of being like, oh, this guy's terrible because he's (laughs) Because he was ranked one at the end of uh, the end of the recruiting cycle and he struggled. So uh, I've been notably against Edwards in terms of the draft scheme, uh, like scheme of things where a lot of people had him one and I was not one of those people. But I but I want to say in terms of college basketball, he's playing his role well. It's just not to the level that you'd expect from a guy who was ranked as high as he was coming out of high school.
0: I like it. Another one that I'll highlight who is starting maybe to get that health fully back is Stefan Castle had a really, really one or either his first or second best game as a college player on Tuesday night as UConn blew out DePaul, had 14 points, was perfect from two point range, six of six, two of three from the free throw line, but had seven assists, four rebounds, a steal and a block. That's massive for Danny Hurley's team as they move forward, Leaf. Okay, we want to get to previewing some of Thursday night's action. Uh, Leaf mentioned it, but we've got some, uh, you know, looking at Oregon as maybe the second best team. Two of the other best teams in the Pac-12 are squaring off on Thursday night. And then we also got a trio of don't screw it up games where teams are getting on the road and have a possibility of maybe dropping one, which is going to be the most likely to do so. We'll look at all of that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Their app is really easy to use, and they got a wide variety of betting options, things like same game parlays. They've got a new explore tab to help you find bets. Uh, we're about to talk Pac 12 games. They've got the Pac 12 regular season conference outright odds. Arizona leads the way at minus 135, followed by Colorado at plus 490, then Utah at plus 600. Oregon at plus 900. And then just for laughs, let's look at the LA schools, USC at plus 1600 and UCLA at plus 2200. Wild stuff there. If you want to get in on that action or any of the NFL action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Leaf, we got to get ready for Thursday night's action. You just mentioned you think Oregon might be the second best team in the Pac 12, we're gonna find out on Thursday night as they travel to Washington. That's nine Eastern on the Pac 12 network. Meanwhile, two of the other top teams in the Pac 12, Colorado travels the number 10 Arizona. That one's at 9:30 Eastern on ESPN. So both of these games are going to be going on in close proximity to each other. Where we're looking at Leaf, what I think between Arizona, Colorado, and Oregon are three of the top four or so teams in the conference. What are what are you expecting out of these two games? Anything stand out for you? Well, the first thing to mention I
1: think is Arizona has looked vulnerable. That's right. And they looked like they would boat race the Pac-12, and I still think they'll be the champion pretty easily. But they showed that if you're if they're in the half court, they still score, but they're not like a juggernaut. And if you can rebound with them at all, like even close, you have a chance. <laughs> like FAU beat them on execution when when uh, Arizona, I felt like, should have won that game. But FAU had more continuity and belief. And then at the end of the game, when you're tired and you can't run as often, right. they won. Uh, Stanford shot the lights out. That was an anomaly, but it was awesome. Um, and then to me, Colorado is talent-wise the second-best team. But I haven't seen them put it together yet. Obviously, Cody Williams, Tristan De Silva have been in and out of the lineup recently. Right. Uh, K.J. Simpson's been scoring well, but he's a little inconsistent. He's a flamethrower. So when he's off, he still shoots. And I feel like he shoots you out of the game at times. That's why they lost to Florida State. Um, and then Cody Williams is is the premier talent that can elevate them. So I think Arizona is ahead of, ahead of schedule there. And then just to clarify, I think uh, Oregon – has a chance to be the <laughs> second best team. I don't think they are yet. I would I would take Colorado and Utah over Oregon personally right now. Same. But I think Oregon, if they get healthy with, with with Enfali Dante, with Shellstad emerging and and they have the talent uh, that they could be a hard team to play because they have size and just this like sheer confidence from the guard spot in terms of a Shellstad. But I would still favor those other two teams just a bit, but I think I'm surprised that they have a chance, I guess, the way I'd put it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, Ken Palm favors Washington in that game by four points. So uh, a big test there for Oregon going on the road um, to kind of build on what they did last weekend against the L.A. schools. Um, leaf, we've also got a trio of what I'm calling. Don't screw it up games. One of which is Utah, who you just mentioned traveling to Arizona state. That is a late tip 11 Eastern on ESPN two. Uh, look, let's, let's give Andy, uh, our guy, Andy Patton, some, some crap here. You and I both ranked Utah in this week's locked on college basketball poll. You had them, uh, 22nd. I had them 24th. Andy did not rank the Utes so come on Andy do better next week obviously if they win uh this game and then they've got to go to Arizona uh I guess that'll be on when is that one Saturday Sunday something of that nature Saturday, I don't have a, I think. Saturday I think I'm pulling up the schedule right now Saturday at Arizona so if Utah can win this Arizona swing obviously they will be ranked by everyone next week But so, Leaf, we've got that as a don't screw it up game. Another number 15 Memphis at Tulsa. That's tonight at 8 Eastern on ESPN Plus. And the other is the 19th ranked and still undefeated James Madison Dukes traveling to Louisiana. That's 8 Eastern also on ESPN Plus. So, uh, Leaf, of those three don't screw it up games, which team do you think is the most likely to screw it up?
1: most likely to screw it up is a harder question but the one who needs to not screw it up the most is James that's, Madison
0: that's right
1: um so that's the one I'd be most nervous about because it's a conference game it's a road game you you play a team that wants to beat you and now you have a target on your back be like man we can spoil their season so I will take James Madison as an as the most likely in the sense that it's just the scariest. But uh, I think James Madison should win that game pretty handily. I don't think that Louisiana is all that good. They're just above 500, have a handful of losses to teams that James Madison has drubbed. Similar teams, but uh, it, it's it's conference basketball. It's scary. Like we've seen UConn absolutely destroy teams in the non-conference, go to the Big East, and all of a sudden look look instead of like the vicious Husky, look like a little puppy dog. And <laughs> You've seen you've seen that happen numerous times. Like Arizona got beaten badly by Stanford. Uh, I, I do think Utah needs this game. Uh, this is something that's. I mean, I speak for kind of the market. Um, Utah wants to make the tournament badly. They haven't done it in a long time, seven years, and it, losing to Arizona State makes it a scarier game because their best win right now is BYU. Sure, like yeah, it, it's 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 BYU, but BYU's. I think going to age poorly as a win because I think BYU is going to go six and 12, seven and 11 in the big 12. And so then all of a sudden you're on like a bubble team is your best win to that date. Obviously you have pac 12 play to improve your stock, but we talked about the UCLA. We talk about USC struggling immensely. So they're not even tournament teams right now. So if you're going to beat those type of teams, now you have to beat Arizona. You have, they did beat Washington at home. They held them off. You have to, you have to beat, uh, a team uh, like Oregon, maybe even twice, to have those wins. And they lost to a team in St. John's who's getting better, and then obviously Houston. But it, I, I think you need to win this game because you make your ske- your uh, resume a little sketchy by losing to Arizona State. Uh, so I think Utah would be my next choice. I think they actually have a scarier game than James Madison, but James Madison just more rides on each individual game.
0: That, that's well said, and I th- honestly, I'm not going to – Relitigate that because that's exactly how I was going to unpack it. Memphis already has three true road wins on the season. They had that kind of a little bit of a head scratcher a couple weeks ago uh, against Vandy at home winning just by two. But outside of that, I- I'm feeling good about Memphis. So I think James Madison needs it more game by game, and that makes that, it's kind of like FAU, that game by game pressure is so critical, but it's Utah, especially ahead of that matchup with Arizona on Saturday that has to win this one at Arizona State. All right, folks, lots of good action for you. Coming up tomorrow, Andy and I are going to recap Wednesday and Thursday night's action and get you ready for a big time weekend of college basketball, including Illinois at Purdue on Friday night leave. That's going to be a big one. I cannot wait for it. Folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Come join the Locked On College Basketball Discord channel. Please don't forget to vote for us on the Sports Podcast Awards. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the show on audio and video. Rate and review the show five stars. Talk about why you love it. We'd love it if you'd smash the like button so we know you're here if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time, I want to say apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.